Well, the kids are in here with us this morning, so I, I kept that in mind as I prepared. And being a children's minister for so many years, uh, that's not a hard thing for me to do. But I'm, I'm glad you're here, and uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah, let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege of, of, first of all, just being able to gather here in this place, that we have freedom to do that in this country, and we don't take that for granted, Lord. What a blessing it is. And Lord, we ask that as we come into this new year, we are coming with you. We're coming with boldness, Lord. We're coming with all that we need to fulfill what you are doing in the earth today. Help us, Lord, to hear what you are saying today. Help me to speak it forth in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Um, we just finished up our series on our core values, and we're going to start out uh, next week. I believe Cody's going to introduce the next series on faith, and so we have kind of an in-between week, and I, Cody said, just do what you want. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> it's okay with that. Um, I'm going to talk about Moses and the burning bush. Now, if you want to read that on your own, it's an amazing story. I'm going to read some of it today, and I will actually paraphrase it a little bit, so I'm not going to read it word for word like uh, he's going to put up today. But just so you know, it's in the very end of Exodus and then into Exodus, of Exodus 2 and then into Exodus 3. But most of the kids, or some of the kids in here, have been to VBS, right? The last couple of years, we've talked about Moses both years. I don't know if you realize that, but we heard about a bad guy named Pharaoh. And so I'm going to mention him briefly today. And who can remember what, um, when Moses asked to let the people go, what Pharaoh said? What did he say? Just say it. He said, no way. No way, he said. And so that, that's later in the story. I'm not going to do all that part, but that follows in Exodus. So it's a great, I mean... When I think of those movies I watched as a young person, um, of, of the wall, the water, separate. How many have seen those movies? Uh, I mean, just like, oh my goodness, what dramatic. This is some of the most dramatic stories in the Bible that there are. So anyway, we're going to talk about some of that today. We look at Moses kind of like a, a superhero because he did amazing things. But um, we're going to look at what he was. When he was a young man, Egypt was ruled by a pharaoh who was like a president or a king and who wanted to kill him. And so Moses had watched his people, the Israelites, millions of them, God's special people, be treated terribly, very unfairly. Um, some of the kids probably remember some of those things that he had done to them. He made them slaves and he took away their freedoms. And so Moses wanted to help his people. He tried to help him. But he ended up murdering someone. Now, that is not the way God normally wants to help people. I don't think it is ever his way. And so, anyway, he ended up murdering someone, and then he really got into big trouble. His own people didn't trust him. Now the Pharaoh wanted him dead, wanted to kill him. And so Moses ran away. Did you know that? He ran away. So he was gone for about 40 years in the desert, and while he was there... Um, God's people were continuing to cry out for help. There's a lot of people crying out for help right now. And God's people then were crying out for help because they were slaves. And the Bible says their cry went up to God. And he heard their groanings. He heard their cries. He remembered then. Now, he's not like he forgot it, just so you know, he didn't forget about it. But he was reminded 
of the agreement he had made with Abraham many, 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 many years before to bring his people into their own special land. And the Bible says God was concerned about his people. So then over in Exodus, so the number one is Moses was, kids are filling this out by the way, Moses was called by God. Okay, so this is Exodus 3, starting in verse 1, and a little bit of this my version. But uh, one day Moses took his flock to the west side of the desert to a mountain uh, called the mountain of God, Mount Horeb, called the mountain of God. God appeared to Moses in the flames of a burning bush. He saw that the bush was burning, but that it didn't burn up. He thought, I'm going to go check this out. I've never seen a bush that burned but didn't burn up. When God saw him coming, he called to Moses from within the bush. Moses! Moses! This was coming out of the bush. It was more probably like, Moses. Something like that. You, you know. Anyway, Moses said, here I am. And he probably said it like, uh, here I am. You know, like scared. And God said, don't come any closer. Take off your sandals for where you are standing is holy ground. Now, it was holy because God was there, because the presence of God was there. And uh, one of the amazing, amazing difference for us because of Jesus is that in those days, the Spirit of God couldn't live on the inside of people like he does now. That's what Jesus did that for us. That's what Jesus did for us. So God told Moses that he was the God uh, his ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, had served. But Moses was afraid of God and hid his face. That is kind of, you hear that about the presence of God. Like people would be like, whoa, like if Jesus walked in, let's pretend right now Jesus is walking in. Now some of us would run to him, but someone would be like, oh, Jesus knows. You know what I mean? Like God knows. And so that's what happens sometimes. God knows what we've done wrong. He knows our failings. He knows the sins. He knows all the sinful things we've done, all the things we've thought that are sinful. And so sometimes we try to hide from God. But I'm just going to tell you right now, that doesn't work. Verse 7. The Lord then said, I have seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of the people who are their slave drivers and I am concerned about my people suffering. So I have come to rescue them from the Egyptians and bring them to the wonderful land I have reserved for them. In verse nine, <coughs> excuse me, the cry of the Israelites has reached me and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you Moses to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites out of Egypt. Okay. I'm pretty sure Moses knew this was God talking to him because I mean right now with special effects and all that stuff we can imagine someone setting up something like a burning bush that didn't I mean we can imagine that right in those days they didn't have that so much and so I think pretty in the voice of God and everything you know we can do stuff with sound systems now but I'm pretty sure Moses knew this was God talking to him at this time and this was something very specific, wasn't it, that Moses was asking him to do. Go help these people get out from under that slavery. Very specific. So Moses was to bring this message of deliverance to the slaves, to God's people who were enslaved illegally 
according to God's law. That's illegal. As a matter of fact, for all of us, it's illegal to be in sin. It's not God's legal thing. He wants us free. That's why Jesus came to set us free. And so that's the legal thing. But these people had no idea how to get out of the slavery. It was millions of them. I was thinking about it. Like they had a certain number of guards, but they didn't have millions of guards, I don't think. I don't know. Anyway, they, there's millions of people. So all around us, there are people who are in slavery to sin all around us. They don't know any better than to just stay where they are, to continue in what they know, to live as they have lived. They don't know any better. And we can sometimes recognize that slavery in others, can't we? Sometimes they're mean and hurt others. Sometimes they're negative and they're, or they're afraid or they're lonely or they're without hope and joy and peace, maybe addicted. Sometimes they have nothing and sometimes they have a lot. Sometimes they're as kind and generous as anyone in the world, but in their heart they know they aren't serving Jesus the way they should. They're unhappy in their hearts. These are the slaves we are called to, as Moses was. No, so I don't think Moses was doubting that this was God, but he had some trouble with some other things, I think. So number two, who was Moses? Who was Moses? M-O-S-E-S. -E we know that Moses was born an Israelite, one of God's people. But when he was a baby, now this is a pretty sad story. When he was a baby, the Pharaoh, the bad guy, ordered all the Israelite boys to be murdered, to be killed, to be thrown in the river, actually, very specifically. But his mother wanted to protect him, and she used her faith, actually. She put him in a basket in the river to hide him. And then he got rescued by none other than Pharaoh's daughter. Listen to this. It was like, and she took care of him and raised him. And all of a sudden it was like he was hidden in plain sight, wasn't he? Yes. That's what God does for us. He was hidden in plain sight in the middle of a terrible, terrible government mandate. So here's Moses being raised by Egyptian royalty. <laughs> but I, th I think now Moses was struggling with some, with who he was. <clears throat> so who was he? Was he a slave like the other Israelites? Or was he Egyptian royalty? I don't know if he knew. When he had tried to defend the slaves, they didn't trust him. The Egyptians had also rejected him. His past told him he was a failure at helping his, his people. And he was probably comfortable still living in the desert with his sheep and his family. <coughs> but he knew, <coughs> excuse me, but he knew that the slaves were being treated terribly. So God knew that Moses had an identity issue, just like we often do too. We often struggle with that. Am I a Christian? I don't act like a Christian. <laughs> Whatever it is. <coughs> Excuse me. Exodus 3, starting in verse 11. Now Moses is still by the burning bush. And he said to God, 
Who am I that I should go to the Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He said this, who am I? I'm nobody. I'm not a good Israelite. I'm not a good Egyptian. The last Pharaoh wanted to kill me. My people don't trust me. I'm a failure. I'm nobody. Besides that, how in the world am I going to get millions of people out from under Pharaoh's strict rule? And God said this, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. God wasn't ignoring the question of who am I? He was acknowledging something we all should know. And Cody mentioned it this morning. Without God, we can do nothing of spiritual value. But with God, all things are possible. So God simply says, I will be with you. And that is enough. When I was a little girl, <laughs> I mean, people have a hard time believing this, but I was afraid of a lot of things. And I have had a great family, and I, but I had an older sister, and I've talked about her before. But I was afraid to go to school, but my sister went with me, so I knew she was there. One day she went home. She got sick, I think, and at recess I found out she'd gone home. I cried the whole recess. I was afraid to sleep away from home, but my sister was usually with me. If she wasn't available, I had five other brothers and sisters. I had great parents. I had four grandparents, wonderful grandparents, a bunch of family and family friends and neighbors almost always close by. And I knew I could do many things because they were close. I needed that. And even when I was 18, when it was time to decide to go to college, <laughs> I was so afraid, I just went where my sister went to college. I mean, seriously, I mean, they had the program I was interested in and all that, but it's mainly where I went, and I felt safer. I, re I depended on those relationships a lot. But I didn't really know Jesus yet. I didn't really know him yet. And he wants us to depend on him. God told Moses, I will be with you. Meaning, I, am, I will be close, and I'm going to stay close to you. Proverbs says that there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother, or a sister, in my case. That's Jesus. I met Jesus shortly after moving to Fargo, North Dakota, to go to college. He heard my hurts and loneliness and fears, my tears. He was telling me he was there. He'd been telling me all my life, but I wasn't always listening. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. And then one night in December of 1973, I attended a movie called A Thief in the Night. It scared me. It was about how Jesus would return to take his people with him. But there were so many who scoffed at that, who rejected Jesus, who refused to believe, who laughed. And at that point, my heart wanted to embrace Jesus with everything in me. So I chose Jesus that late night under a stairwell with my friends in Fargo. I prayed and asked him to be my Lord, to be my Savior, to be everything to me. And really, he called me at that time 
to serve him. And I promised him I would serve him. So my identity changed at that moment from fearful 18-year-old to a Jesus server, his storyteller. Didn't mean I was never afraid again, but it changed. Not because I was somebody, but because he was with me. He reminds me about things I saw and experienced in those moments. Every once in a while, he'll remind me. His presence with me was so amazing and still is. There are still times when I'm fearful or doubtful. And that's when I need, when I know I need to be in his presence. I need to be in his word. If you know in John 1, it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Jesus is the word. And so when I'm in the word, I see God. I see Jesus. And so that helps me too. I was thinking about Moses. You know, when I'm in the amazing presence of Jesus, I feel his love. I wonder, did Moses, did he really, we don't, it doesn't say it and doesn't talk about in the Bible, did he feel that love? I kind of think he did. He was willing to do whatever God said. But God also knew Moses would need encouragement. He had a big scary job to do. He had to go face a Pharaoh. Now this was a new Pharaoh, but he still didn't know for sure that this Pharaoh was going to accept him. So God knew Moses was going to need encouragement, and during the days and nights ahead, there'd be moments when he'd become afraid. He told Moses that after he led the people out of Egypt, you remember that? He said, after you lead these people out of Egypt, they're going to worship at the same mountain that he was close to, close to his home. Moses had a picture in his mind then of the people worshiping at his mountain, at the mountain of God. When he remembered the burning bush, he would think of the worship that he could, he would picture himself worshiping by that mountain again. It's an important part of standing in faith to have a picture in your mind of the end result, of where you're going, of what God's promised you. It's really important and I believe it helped Moses I believe it was a comfort to him to think of that picture. And an encouragement, some of you know, remember all the plagues he was going to go through? I mean, he didn't know this. But every one of those plagues, I'm sure he was like, okay, God, what's going to happen? What's going to happen here? Over and over and over. Then the Red Sea's in front of him. Then the Red Sea part. I mean, just think of what he had to face. He needed in his mind a picture of where he was going to go, that he was going to be worshiping at this mountain with all of God's people, and it did happen. But Moses still had questions for God about this thing God had asked him to do. And that's number three, who is God? Number three, who is God? So in Exodus 3.13, it says this. Then Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they asked me, so what's his name? Then what shall I tell them? There were a lot of different false gods around at that time. And the people really didn't know Moses. So I think it was a valid question. Who are you and who is your God, basically? Verse 14. God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you say to them. I am has sent me to you. Tell the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, has sent me to you. 
This is my name forever, the name by which I am to remember from generation to generation. And that means us, too. I am who I am. What kind of an answer is that? <laughs> what, did, what did he mean, I am who I am? Maybe those people understood more than I do, but that's a hard, I am who I am. I believe it means he is the absolute only God, the God of the present moment when you have a need, the God who brings all you need to the present moment, always dependable and more than enough. It means he's forever and he is forever the same. The God of this moment and this moment and this moment, right? And this moment and forever. And he would always be with Moses. He would always be with the slaves. He will always be with us. He is going to meet the need of every moment. We have to trust him like that. He's asking us to trust him in the moment. Because it's always in the moment that we need that trust and that faith. It's not tomorrow that we need the faith. It's not yesterday that we need faith. It's now. Faith is now, the Bible says. Faith is it's for right at this moment. And right at this moment, and think of a difficult moment you've been in lately, that's the hardest moment to have the faith. <laughs> it's easy to think, oh, I'm going to have plenty of faith tomorrow. I had great faith yesterday. But at the moment is when the test is, right? At the moment when you're in the middle of the battle, whatever it is, is when you need the faith. This name had to be reassuring to Moses again. Because this is the Lord who promised to be with him. It's important that we remember it too. It defines his nature. He's the God who is, he was, he will be. He's the absolute of absolutes. He's staying with us closer than a brother. The good news Moses successfully led God's people out from under the slavery of Pharaoh. It wasn't easy, but I think that remembering where he was going, to that mountain to worship, we're going to worship there. We're going to worship there. It helped him to keep him going. And knowing that the great I am who I am was with him. Now Moses knew who he was, I believe. He was the one who was with the great I am. And the great I am was with him. He could face the job ahead of him of leading the millions out of slavery into the promised land. He wasn't alone. The I am is with us too. We're never alone. So number four, who am I in 2022? Do you know anyone who needs Jesus? Do you know anyone who's mean and hurts others? Maybe it's negative, afraid, lonely, without hope and joy and peace. Maybe addicted. Sometimes with nothing and sometimes with a lot. Maybe as kind and generous as anyone, but in their heart they know they aren't serving Jesus the way they should. They're unhappy in their hearts. Do you know anyone like that? If you do, you might have a call in your life to bring deliverance to them or to someone like them. 
If Moses would have continued to define himself as a nobody or a failure, that's exactly who he would have been. Instead, he allowed the I am who I am to define who he was by simply walking side by side with him in his assignment. God's amazing presence was with him. And I don't really think that you need a burning bush from God to know what to do. And partly is we're pretty skeptical in this culture. We're pretty skeptical of stuff like that. But his word is pretty clear in Matthew. He talks about this. His word is pretty clear about these things. He says in Matthew 28, 20, and this is really a commandment. 28, 19, and 20. Therefore, go. I think that's what God said to Pharaoh. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely the I am who I am will be with you always. I added that little part in there. Mm -hmm. Just said, I am, I am, I am. In the moment when you need him, when the need is there in that moment when you have a need. We were talking in tribe group one day and I said, what would our lives be like? No, I mean, seriously, what would our lives be like if we always trusted Jesus? And seriously, like we never fretted, we never worried, we never freaked out. What a different life. That's the free life. The other is kind of the slave life, being a slave to emotions. I described my early Christian walk like this till I met Wayne Hellickson, who was a stable force in my life. Because I wasn't depending on Jesus the way I should have, and my emotions ruled my life. It wasn't good. It was not pretty. But he said, surely I am with you always. The I am that I am with you always to the very end of the age. I'm so glad Jesus came and we could see this loving, giving, sacrificing, amazing God. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The Father wanted us to see the real thing. I am defined by the commandment to go to teach and make disciples. What's that mean? I'm a goer, I'm a teacher, I'm a disciple maker. Just based on this one scripture, that's who I am. But I'm not alone in it. During Christmas, we talk about the name Emmanuel, which means God with, God's with us. I mean, what a crazy thing that God came in all his glory, to be with us, to show us this Jesus. So God came down and did something. Sometimes we think God needs to come down and do something, but in reality, he's waiting for us to rise up and do something. 
He's done. When Jesus said it is finished, he'd done his part. It's on us. It's on us now. Some of you are hearing him call you to serve him today. Some of you have heard him call you before. Prayer is a good place to settle at. I mean real prayer, where you go to a secret place. It means just quiet, alone place by yourself with Jesus. Let him speak of his love for you. Let him give you some direction like he does for me. But mostly, I just know he's with me. That's the main thing, isn't it? That's the main thing. That's what we need more than anything to be able to do what he's commanded us to do. But some of you may say, who am I to be a storyteller in the world? <laughs> in reality, without God, without his power, without the presence of the Holy Spirit, without his abilities, without him leading us, and all the help that the Holy Spirit brings us, we are nobodies. <laughs> We're in the nobody club without Jesus, just so you know. But with him, all things are possible. So God's only limited when we don't take the steps of faith to go and tell. And I want to tell you this. Uh, we have a burning bush. It's the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives now. That fire doesn't go out. He burns, but he doesn't burn out. That fire lives within us like an eternal flame. So in 2022, I'm a goer, I'm a teacher, a discipleship make, disciple maker, because the Lord's presence is with me. Yeah, I'm setting a few goals for 2022. Um, I want to take more risks in sharing my faith. I mean, I think of what Moses had to risk, his life. I want to meditate more in the word on who God is, who the great I am that I am is. I'm going to continue to read in the word. But what is God calling you to today? Whatever it is, he's with you, he'll equip you. He'll give you what you need. He's with you, he'll equip you. So let's pray. Father, I stand amazed at what you did in Moses, the nobody's life. He didn't know who he was, but you knew. Just like you know the heart of, and life of every person here, Lord, you know every detail about everything that concerns them. And you still reach out, reach out to embrace us. Father, I ask you to help us to reach back and embrace you in a new way today, Lord. To trust you in those moments where we haven't trusted in the past. To know the I am who I am in a more powerful but personal way, Lord.
know you're always good. We know we can trust you. We don't know what 2022 will be, but we know you, that you're with us, you've gone before, you're making a way, you're gonna part the Red Seas, you're gonna deal with every oppressive plague that comes by the precious blood of Jesus. We stand before you made white and whole. Thank you for making a way. Jesus. Mm -hmm. 